What's up everybody? Uh, this is Sam Oliveira, soon to be Jenkins. I am a little, I guess, troubled on how to start this podcast. Um, let me just preface by saying I have a wonderful life. I have an amazing fiance. I am the most secure and safe and happy I've been my entire life. Um, but a lot of a lot of people in my life recently um have been in situations not so great and every situation i've been talked to about um has brought out my past and i'm not ashamed of my past i'm not ashamed of um being a victim i was one for a very long time um but as many times as it's come out, as many times as it's been brought to light, and honestly, how many times it's helped someone else see something in their life that they want to change, I feel like I need to tell the whole story. Um, maybe not every detail, because, uh, you know, not all of them are very important. But if you don't know me very well, if you don't, which... Honestly, there are maybe five people, um, gosh, probably not even that many, that know the full story uh, because I hit it very, very well. Uh, when I was 14, I, you know, just started high school, just got my braces off, just lost my baby weight, and my hair, my, my bangs grew out. That was a great decision. Um, and I got my first boyfriend. Over the next four years, things happened that I never thought a teenager would go through, let alone me. Um, and I don't mean to sound super dramatic. It's not, you know, I didn't live a, a movie lifestyle, but it was serious. Um, mental abuse is very serious. Toxic relationships are very serious. Emotional abuse is very serious. Being brainwashed by somebody, um, being convinced you have no worth by somebody, all of these things while being at such a pivotal point in your development is very serious. Uh, so I want to talk about it in hopes that um, how I got where I am now and telling my story and telling my journey helps someone else. Um, by talking to everybody that I've talked to and helped, you know, just in general in my life, I've learned that there are so many people that are going through the same things. There's so many people that have the same hurt we do, that have the same experiences that we do, but we're so stuck in our hole. We're so buried and secluded and afraid that if we tell anybody what's going on, they'll see a side of us we don't want them to see, when in reality, they've probably already seen that side themselves. Um, so I just want to kind of bring some things to light. Uh, anyway, dated a guy on and off, you know how that goes in high school, for four years. Four years um, is when it officially ended, um, but it didn't end there. Uh, the extent of this relationship you know, we were teenagers, we didn't necessarily go on dates or anything like that, but we were boyfriend, girlfriend, and, um, 
the abuse I want to talk about is mental. Um, I don't remember much from freshman year and sophomore year of high school. I have drowned out that part of my life so much in the past eight years that it's hard to remember a lot of things. But you guys heard me in my first podcast where I said I was 100-ish pounds in high school. Uh, this guy would grab the inside of my leg and, you know, it's, it was skin back then. There is no fat. He would tell me, you know, you need to go for a run. This is gross. Um, he used to make fun of me when I'd smile and my gums would show. I, I told y'all, I don't even know what podcast it was. I got some little lips. So when I smile, there's a lot of gum. Uh, he used to tell me I needed to cover my mouth because nobody wanted to see all of it. Uh, down to more serious, when I was 15 years old, um, he told me to do the world a favor and put my dad's gun to my head and take my own life. Obviously, I did not do that. I'm still here, I'm still standing, uh, but I tried. I went through a part in that same night where, you know, I had been so um, brainwashed into thinking that nobody else would love me. And he told me, he, he would tell me that nobody else would want me, nobody else would put up with me, nobody else would like me or find me attractive. And I believed it, I was 14, 15 years old. And so the do the world a favor, um, you know, I couldn't find my dad's gun. I, they, we had guns in the house, but I never knew where they were. Um, and they were put away, thank God. But I did try. Um, I abused hydrocodone pills from multiple surgeries I had had, uh, injuries I had had, things like that. And one day I slept so long I didn't think I was going to wake up because I took so many of them. I've harmed myself. And, and let me, I'm not saying this to make anybody feel bad for me. I'm not saying this to make a drama podcast. I am, I need you guys to understand that I'm not the only one that went through these things. I know so many people now and so many people in the past five years that go through relationships where these, these people, they don't let them hang out with their girlfriends or, or guy friends. They, they are so insecure that if you're even, I, I mean, guys, I would walk down the hallway trying to meet up with this guy between classes and looking for him across the hallway. If he saw me with my eyes in any direction besides on him, I was accused of cheating at looking at somebody else at 15 and 16 because I was looking up. I was conditioned from then on to walk with my eyes down. I was then on from high school afraid, I was weak, and I was a victim. And I played into it. I was scared. I didn't know any better. And I know so many people that are going through it at such a heightened level now. <sighs> Toxic relationships can be anything. They can be um, insecurities that aren't brought to light. They can go all the way to physical abuse. They can go to cheating. Um, but all I've known is, well, cheating too, but 
all I can really, really give you guys is the mental abuse. Uh, there is one guy, my fiance even knows about him. His name is Steen Beck. And he sat next to me in English. And, uh, and he knows this too. I've told him plenty of times over the years that if it weren't for him, I, I don't know where I'd be. Steen and I weren't close or anything like that. We weren't really friends. Like I said, I wasn't allowed to have guy friends. I wasn't allowed to even talk to other guys. If I got paired with a guy in a group for a class project, I begged the teacher to let me switch. I, I drove my friends away because he made me. I, I mean, it was bad. And um, anyway, Steen was always so nice to me. He'd always try to be my friend. He'd always try to talk to me and ask how my day was going. And I'd always tell him to leave me alone. He was going to get me in trouble. And he seemed so confused by it. And he was like, what do you mean in trouble? Like, I'm not trying to do anything. We're just friends. I'm just making conversation in class. And I finally told him, you know, I'm not allowed to have guy friends. And I, like I said, I don't remember too much from high school. But I remember Steen getting almost emotional and telling me, you know, this is crap. You are amazing. You are beautiful. You are so smart. You have so many good things about you. And he didn't even know me, y'all. This is a boy that I've sat next to in class for a semester. And he's just coming at me with all of these supportive things. And he said, if you don't leave this guy, if you're still with him tomorrow, I can't be your friend and I will lose all respect for you. I, it was like someone opened the blinds. It was like, what do you mean you'll lose respect for me? What do you mean? What do you mean I deserve better? What do you mean I'm worth it? I don't, that, that can't be true. He wouldn't treat me this way if that were true. And I realized it. <laughs> so I, you know, school's over and, um, I went to take the boyfriend home and mind you, I mean, I'm, I'm scared of this guy at this point throughout the four years, this is the end of the four years. And throughout the four years, anytime I tried to leave this boy threatened to kill himself or me. And, um, there had been a lot of suicides when I was in high school. So I take it seriously. And I was afraid that if I did leave him, he would hurt himself. He would kill himself. And I put that burden on myself. And the few times that I told him, I, it's not up to me. That's your choice. I can't stop you. It was, then I'll kill you. And uh, anyway, here after talking to Steen, I'm taking the boyfriend home. Terrified, trembling, because I don't know what's going to happen. But I know that I can't tell him I'm leaving. I have to just do it. I drove because uh, I was the one driving at the time and we get to his house and I park the car but I don't turn it off and I pretend like I'm we always hung out at his house after school and I act like I'm getting all my things out of my lap my phone my backpack all that kind of stuff out of the car he gets out and he starts walking to his door and as soon as I'm close he's close enough to the door I speed off as fast as I can and I don't turn back he threw a baseball at my car, trying to make me stop. And I get a call saying, if you don't come back right now, I'll take 
my dad's shotgun and come to your house and I'll blow your dad's fucking face off. Uh, and Um, I guess this is a drama podcast. Um, sorry, I didn't know this was going to make me emotional. Um, I'm not crying because I'm scared or hurt. Um, I'm crying because I know that so many people I know now and love have gone through the same thing. And I know there are people out there too scared to walk away right now. And that scares me. Um, Okay, sorry. Um, He threatened to kill my family. Threatened to kill me. Um, Never did, never showed up. And it was all on voicemail. Because I, I didn't answer. I didn't pick up. I tried to block his calls. And I get home. And I told my mom everything. I told her. I was so scared. My dad was in Chicago at the time. Um, I was so scared. She made me call my dad and tell my dad everything. And we, I don't think we actually ended up calling the police. But I told, I told him we were gonna. And he left me alone. It took me five years to delete those voicemails. It took me two years into mine and Logan's relationship to delete those voicemails. Logan knew everything. Logan knew everything about this guy. He knew I I was still afraid of him because for three years after I left, uh, he still found ways to contact me. I changed my phone number. I mean, things were bad. Um, I was afraid he was going to show up in College Station and come for me. Uh... And he never did. He, he never left me alone for those two or three years. But um, when I told him that I still had those voicemails and he needed to leave me alone, he finally backed off. Two years into mine and Logan's relationship, I started to understand why I kept the voicemails. I, I wasn't keeping them um, because I was afraid of what he might do to me or of what he might come at me with. I was keeping them because I was afraid that if he ever actually did anything to himself, I would be held accountable. Once you realize that you cannot change someone and you cannot convince yourself that someone will change, It makes it a lot easier to let go. When you convince yourself and actually believe that what someone else does is their own choice and on their own action, it makes it a lot easier to walk away from those threats, those um, actions that they're saying. Um, But the thing to remember about any situation you're in is that you have to put yourself first. No matter how dangerous, no matter how hard it is, actually the first thing you need to realize is there's always help. 
There's always someone that can help you. There's always someone that wants to help you. And I'm telling you right now that I will be that person for you. I want to be that person for you. Please, please reach out to somebody if you don't know how to deal with it. Uh, second, there's always a way out. Um, whether you think you're stuck in a situation forever, whether you think that things won't change, whether you think that there's no way for you to escape this hell, there always is. It starts by asking someone else to help you. Um, but going off of my past and how I got here and how the hell I came out of all of that drama to the life I'm living now, um, it's a long, excuse my language, it's a long fucking process. Logan and I have been together four years, four, four and some change. Um, we'll be getting married next year. And I can tell you that I have been 100% wholly, confidently myself and known my self-worth, my true whole self's worth for probably two and a half. Um, here's the thing. The moment you realize you are enough is the moment everything starts to change. But it does not take a bad breakup to make you realize your self-worth. And let me tell you another thing. Self-love is a practice. It's not a statement. Self-love is not protection. It is not guards. It is not walls that you build up to prevent hurt. Self-love and knowing your self-worth is diving headfirst, throwing yourself, falling into whatever situation, whoever's arms, whatever life that you want to take a chance on, knowing damn well there's a possibility that you'll land flat on your face, but you know and you are so confident that even if you do, you're capable of getting up. You're capable of standing up and piecing yourself back together. It's understanding that piecing yourself back together takes time, it takes patience, and it takes a whole lot of forgiveness to yourself. It's understanding that you don't have to walk into a room and tell people you don't need them. You don't have to walk into a room and tell people, I'm happy, I got this, nothing can touch me. It's walking into a room and being so effortlessly you that everyone around you feels it. And everybody wants to be around you because you want to be around you. And people want to give to you because you, you just, you give so wholeheartedly and you love so wholeheartedly no matter the consequence because you know that you've got you. And you got you doesn't mean screw everybody else. You got you means no matter who passes through your life, 
who touches your life, who comes into your life, that if anything were to happen to them, if something, if they turned out to be somebody you never thought they would be, if they walked away without reason, you are okay standing on your own two feet. You would love to stand next to them. You would love to stand with somebody, but you are okay not doing that. Solitude is something that's very important. Um, when I got out of the relationship and I got to college, I was by myself. I drank. I don't remember half the nights I went out. I got friends that I wouldn't call friends nowadays a lot. Um, and I still felt alone. Um, I had tons of people around me all the time. I was out in social situations. I was partying. I had people over all the time. I worked at a bar. I, I, I mean, I was around hundreds of people almost every other night. But I still felt alone. I still felt like nobody was with me. Nobody was next to me. Nobody could understand. Nobody felt what I felt. And that is what's dangerous. Being alone is different. Solitude is important. Being by yourself and figuring out what makes yourself happy, what makes your heart full, what makes your eyes light up, what lights a fire under your ass by yourself, that is important. Because when you figure out who you are by yourself, you know how to pitch yourself to someone else and if they don't like it, that's on them. That's not on you. But when you constantly try and find somebody that you have, here, here's what I'm trying to say is, you've got to be the puzzle piece that you're find, trying to find the next piece to fit. You cannot constantly go out looking at different puzzle pieces, trying to fit to them. You have to be the cup that's pouring, not the cup that needs filling. You've got to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. And I can guarantee if you start taking care of somebody else before you take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of either of you. I didn't mean to turn this into a drama podcast, but Logan and I were having a conversation the other night that the reason I haven't I haven't made one in a few weeks is because this one has been weighing on me for so long and I, I didn't know how to get it out. I didn't know how to get it across. I didn't know how to express it. And you know what, exactly what I'm talking about. This is me. This is, this is who I am. This is what I've been through and this is what I'm worth. If anybody gives this drama cast a chance to listen to, it's the truth and the truth freaking hurts. You can walk away from the situation you're in. If you can't do it by yourself, ask for help. But you deserve better. You do not have to stay. You do not have to put up with it. And don't let anybody convince you any otherwise. The moment you realize that you are enough, that moment changes the rest of your life. I hope you guys took something away from this. Not just women. There are plenty of men dealing with it too. But I really hope that this message got to somebody. And remember, 
if you need a somebody, my Instagram handle is at Sambo33. My name is Samantha Oliveris on Facebook, O-L-I-V-A-R-E-S. Find me, message me. We will talk. You will get through it. And you're going to realize that once you walk away, once you get out of whatever situation you're tired of being in, once you finally break and you decide to leave, man, the growth you're going to experience is... It's absolutely incredible. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys take something away from it. And I hope you guys tune in next time. Because after this one, I'm not quite sure when that's going to be. Or what it'll be about. But I'll be sure to preface on Instagram or Facebook. And I hope you guys tune in. Thank y'all for listening, guys. It really does mean a lot.